When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Monday, September 28th. Now, this is pre-recorded. I just want to tell you that because it is Yom Kippur and I'm actually not working today. So we're airing this because I know you guys, we've gotten you trained to expect the daily podcast, but I'm not working today. It is the Day of Atonement. It's the holiest day on the Jewish calendar, so I'm not working. As we promised, we are bringing more of you, you guys out there and gals listening to us. You're coming on the air with me, and that's fantastic. I love it so much. I mean, what you get to do is you get to hear me vent a little bit. That's what uh, Sean was able to do because I was fighting with my mortgage company, Sean. So you heard me be not nice, Jill. Right. That yeah. how did that sound to you? Is that all right? Uh, it was it was firm, Jill. I, I I think was a better way of saying it. Yeah, I, firm. Okay, yeah, it could have yeah. been completely obnoxious, Jill, and it didn't go there. <laughs> so I didn't I mean I was very pleased about that for myself. Uh, Sean, what brings you onto our air? What financial question do you have that we can help you out with? So I'm in a I'm in a high cost of living area, and I'm I feel like I'm in a good financial position, but I'm not sold on the idea that that buying a home, especially where I'm living, and I live in Washington D.C., where where prices are kind of sky high, and like the pandemic has made everything even tougher to buy. I'm not con- totally convinced that buying is the best solution, as opposed to continuing to rent and the money that I would save by not having a mortgage and HOA fees and all that stuff, investing that in uh, the stock market, but also in my retirement funds mm-hmm. and letting that money grow a little bit. So should I tell you a little bit about my situation? Yeah, give me okay. the give me the deets. So here's here's my situation. I make about 125,000 a year. Uh, I have no debt at all. I have about $110,000 in a Roth IRA. I have about 40,000 in a 401k. My company doesn't match, but it's because we we have a pension program that is safe, robust and is going to and I'm already invested in that. I've got about $50,000 in Betterment stocks, which is like about 75% stocks and uh, 25% bonds. And I max out my Roth, I max out my 401k, and I keep about six months of emergency funds ready to go. And every dollar beyond that goes into one of these three funds. I've been looking more and more at buying the last couple of years, but as you know, you know, big cities, you know, if I'm buying in DC in the heart of the city and I don't have a car, you know, 600 square feet is going to be about $400,000. That's a large chunk of change. And I've been renting and I, even with interest rates low, I keep noticing because supply is so, so scant right now, prices seem to have risen up to the point where I don't feel like there's as much benefit, even though mortgage rates are so low. Mm. And I guess that's kind of brings me to my, my big question here. Like there, there's a lot of incredibly good rental deals right now. And I know mm. there are a lot of, I, there are a lot of long-term pitfalls. I understand with renting, the rent could go up significantly, something could happen with the landlord, but 
I just keep looking at the numbers and like, you know, if I take the money that I would be saving uh, by not having a mortgage and not having HOA fees and not having all that other stuff and putting it into the market, am I better off? Or is it really what we've been told since we were kids that, you know, you get a good job, you buy a house and then you kind of go and and, uh, you wait for it to gain money. And that's a good investment. Well, first of all, I always hate those rules of thumb, like, oh, you have to buy a house because I think that's how shall we say, baloney. And, you know, obviously I'm used to having this uh, exact question from people who live in DC or live in Boston or live in New York or in the Bay Area. So let me ask you, what are you paying in rent right now? So I pay about $1,800 in rent um, and my rent includes the majority of my utilities. I pay- That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's an, it's an amazing deal. And I'm right in the heart of the city and I'm close enough that, you know, in a normal time where I could walk to my office. Obviously, my office right now is my bedroom, but but in normal times, I could, I could walk to work. Um, and when you, when you, we will get through this, I promise. Are you living in a studio? Or the, in other words, when you said $400,000 for a 600 square foot studio, is that what you're living in right now as a rental? It's about that. I, I think my square footage is about 550. It's a one bedroom, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But, it, but the space would be considered for most places as a studio. Do you feel like D.C. is a place that you'd want to hang your hat? In other words, I'm just wondering, if is this a place where you really do feel like, hey, I could live here for a long time? I think um, for long enough. I, I, I don't know if it's going to be where I'm going to retire, mm-hmm. um, but I will, I will be here for a number of years. But I don't, I don't know if this is the place. I think whenever I get closer to retirement, I probably will be looking to, look to, to move to a place uh, where I have a lower cost of living. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that probably if you could continue to be a renter, there's a great deal of flexibility. I am always cautious about wading into a market when things are frothy. Now, that said, you know, usually if you took a rent and you sort of said, okay, what's the annual rent? Let me do 20 times that. That would be considered kind of like fair value-ish. Once it gets beyond 20 times, it's overvalued. I mean, so 400,000 doesn't surprise me if you could rent out that unit you'd be looking at for 1,800 a month. Here's what that doesn't count. That doesn't count the flexibility and the ability for you to move around. And maybe as you get older and maybe you decide, hey, you know what? I don't want to live in a studio. In fact, I'd rather live someplace else. And so despite interest rates being low, it is still really a tough market for buyers. It's a seller's market. And I think what you're doing is actually smarter. I guess that if you really like where you live, I would try to negotiate a longer term lease so that you're like, hey, you know what? I'm going to you know, lock in lower rent for a couple of years and then we'll see where the landscape is. But I think that your game plan, I'd much prefer being a renter, especially when it comes to a studio in an expensive city rather than a buyer of a studio. I really would. And I do not believe that the market is sort of acting normally, quote unquote, right now. Not that real estate markets have to act normally, but it is a little bit strange because of the pandemic. So I would almost rather you chill out post-pandemic, reassess, let's see where we are. Interest rates aren't going anywhere anytime soon. I mean, yes, mortgage rates could go up a little bit, but big deal. So you well, instead of three and a quarter, you're at four. It won't matter to you. And I think you'd be in a better place to determine what do I really want? Because, you know, you might say, I like a one bedroom. And then maybe if you really wanted a one bedroom, you'd have to pay $600,000 and that is too much. So, you know, apples to apples, I would say I would keep renting. I love the liquidity you're building and I love the flexibility because you know what? You like DC? Maybe tomorrow you're going to like uh, Cleveland. Who knows? 
Well, I'm from Cincinnati, so that might not happen. But yes, okay, so I, you're I, never going to like Cleveland. Let's be honest. <laughs> I like it enough, but yeah, right, I, right, I don't. Right. I don't want to cause too much controversy. But yeah. I think I think that like your life could be, you know, like you really could make a different decision, and I and you're doing a great job of saving. A lot of people will buy, frankly, because it protects them from themselves. Because with right. all that extra cash flow, maybe those people would be like, "Oh no, uh, you know what I'm going to do? Uh, I'm going to just blow it." You're taking all this money and you're socking it away, and you have a pension. You're in great shape. I can't believe you're single. I'm going <laughs> to well, shop you around. I, you tell, tell that to the world, you know. <laughs> Mark and I, you know, we have a new part of the website, which is yeah. called the Furry Fan Club. Yeah. We have often toyed with the idea of trying to do some sort of dating part of the website because we we believe that that our people are like-minded. And mm-hmm. so, you know, that they would they would really want to be together. Okay, Sean, thank you so much for calling. If you want to get on the air like Sean, it's so easy. Send an email, ask Jill at jillonmoney.com. If you are on the website, jillonmoney.com, we have a contact button. It's in the upper right-hand corner, and you can click on that. Tell us your story. Tell us your financial question. We'll get you on the air, and we would really love to hear from more of you. I think it's time that your voices are heard more than my voice, okay? So remember, wash your hands, wear your masks, maintain your physical distancing, and put your hands metaphorically on someone's back. Try to lift somebody else up today. It will make you feel better. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.